What is going on, football fans? How are we doing today? Yes, it is your favorite sports podcast host, Ethan Klassine, and the Goal to Go podcast here on Thursday, February 11th, five days after Super Bowl 55 between the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. Getting to you guys a little bit later than I would normally like to. Um, Sunday, actually, I did not mention it on the preview episode. Sunday was my birthday, my 28th birthday. Yes, your boy is getting up there in age. And I had planned to, you know, go through my usual routine, watch the game, uh, take some notes, um, and but we'll also hanging out with the family and um, a couple of friends and just enjoy the Super Bowl. Um, but much to my surprise, uh, my girlfriend actually, uh, she planned a surprise birthday party since my birthday fell on the Super Bowl. So that whole plan of mine I had at the beginning of the day kind of went out the window and I decided to hang out with my family and friends instead. Um... And uh, honestly, it, it couldn't have happened uh, for a better Super Bowl for me to miss as far as a podcast is concerned. Uh, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55 between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, more or less a snoozer, guys. And I'm sure most of you who are listening to this were either, you know, A, at that Super Bowl party with me or B, you know, a member of my family. So I'm sure you guys uh, watch the game as well and you guys know what I'm talking about. So kind of doing things a little bit differently than we are used to doing. Uh, no intro, no no snazzy music to get us started, but that's okay. I just, I wanted to come in here, even though I am uh, four days, not five days, four days after the Super Bowl and provide you guys with uh, my thoughts of the Super Bowl, even if it is just brief, which I anticipate it being um, due to, you know, the lack of note taking that occurred on Sunday. And I hope you guys will forgive me as my Collective blood alcohol content was about 0 .10 uh, 30 minutes before kickoff, so I apologize for not being as thorough as I typically am, but you know what, I, I feel like most of y'all will be okay with that, I tend to get a little bit uh, deep into this, so um, so yeah, Super Bowl 55, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Tom Brady, much to some Tom Brady haters chagrin, took home his seventh Super Bowl of his historic career as the Buccaneers trounced the Chiefs 31-9. to And quite frankly, guys, it wasn't even close. Um, obviously, I mean, given the scoreboard, but throughout the game, like the Chiefs were not even in this, which is a very big surprise from what we are accustomed to, especially in the Patrick Mahomes era. But uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers just had this game from the onset uh, the Buccaneers defense, you know, they came to play. They were they were flying around all day, uh, had two picks of Mahomes. They sacked him three separate times. And the other times where they didn't sack him, they were just constantly berating him. I mean, he was just running around and running for his life the entire night. Shaq Barrett and JPP, they came to play. Vita Vea got that inside push, and they were forcing him to just scramble around and uh, try and make plays on the fly, which was very difficult for Mahomes to do on that injured toe that he has. Um, and you could tell it was one of the first times that I remember seeing Mahomes look mortal. You see, it, you can go back to that game last year uh, for the New York Jets with uh, you know their first round quarterback Sam Darnold, who there's been there was a lot of hope for. He hasn't turned out the way that many Jets fans would hope, but I think it was like the third or fourth game of the season where he came out on a post game press conference after getting absolutely destroyed, uh, not making anything happen, and he told the the media that you know he was seeing ghosts in the pocket and. 
Uh, you could tell from his game film that he just wasn't even looking downfield. He was ju- he was just kind of like stuttering and staggering in the pocket and uh, was just trying to almost anticipate where the pressure was coming from. That was Patrick Mahomes on Sunday night. He did not look comfortable even from the get-go, and it got worse later on. I mean, by the fourth quarter, he was full-blown first-year rookie, uh, trying to make things happen, but he was not looking downfield because the defensive line was just bearing down his neck. Um, it was not a good situation uh, for the Chiefs, and you know maybe a sucker punch or a punk punch in the stomach for many, many Chiefs fans that are just so used to Patrick Mahomes just doing amazing things. Um, but you got to credit the Tampa Bay defensive line and and Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, for showing up to play and really getting it done. Um, uh, Tyree Kill was really held in check. Seven receptions, but only for 73 yards. The Bucks really learned from their mistakes from, uh, I believe it was week six. I mentioned it like 10 times on the preview episode where uh, Tyree Kill uh, had burned them deep. Um, I think, what was it? I think he had 200 yards in the first quarter and, and three touchdowns in the first quarter. An absolute monstrous stat line. Uh, that wasn't week six. That was That was week 12. I don't know. Um, it's it's been it's been a long season, guys. Uh, but they they learned from their mistakes. They did not let them get beat deep. Um, they forced the Chiefs to play underneath, which they did. Travis Kelsey had ten receptions for over a hundred yards. Who had a you know if the Chiefs would have won the Super Bowl, Travis Kelsey very well may have been the uh, the most valuable player for Kansas City throughout the playoffs. I think I mentioned on the preview episodes that through two games, he had 200-plus yards and three touchdowns, and then he came into this game with, you know, no touchdowns, but 133 yards, 300, over 300 yards this postseason. He was absolutely making his hay and, and finding where he needed to sit down in the defense, and it was working out for him, but... With no big play element, the the Chiefs just couldn't do anything. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, their rookie running back, he came back in this game, and he actually looked promising. Had uh, only nine rushes, but for 64 yards, and he was running hard. Uh, if this game would have been closer, I think he would have been more of a factor. But they just got the the uh, I'm sorry, the Chiefs just got game scripted out just so early. The score was 28 to nine, you know, with like 10 minutes left to go in the in the third quarter. So he just really wasn't a factor. Moving over to the the Buccaneers side of things, um, you know Tom Brady. There's not much more you can say about this guy. He, he had a, a good stat line, maybe an okay stat line, okay to good. Twenty one completions off of twenty nine attempts for two hundred one yards and three touchdowns. Um, but it was good enough for the Super Bowl fifty five MVP. Uh, quite honestly, I mean, as good as Tom Brady is, and you know I've talked about him a lot. He didn't have to do much this game. I mean, his receivers were running wide open. Mike Evans only had one catch in the game, but it went for 31 yards where he absolutely was, you know, there was no one around him for like 10 yards. Uh, Rob Gronkowski had two touchdowns in this game, the first two touchdowns uh, of the entire game, and he was wide open on both of them. They just came in with a such a better game plan than Kansas City did, which is crazy to hear about in a Andy Reid era um, Chief or Andy Red Andy Reid led era for the Kansas City Chiefs, but you got to credit Bruce Arians and this entire team for just being up to the task and being so much more prepared. I mean, just from the Kansas City perspective, again going back to them, just overall sloppy play, and you could see it early on. There was dropped balls in the first half by both uh, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Uh, what set up their their second their their second and their third touchdowns in the second quarter, uh, the Bucks touchdowns that is were penalties. 
um, on those drives. I mean, those both of those drives, the their second and their third touchdown by the Bucks. They should have ended early, but on the second drive, uh, penalties negated a Tyron Matthew interception, uh, gave the ball right back to the Buccaneers with a fresh set of downs, and then on a field goal after the uh, the Chiefs had held Tom Brady to a field goal attempt, uh, they attempt the field goal, they make it. Uh, there's a penalty on the on the field goal, and that gave the Buccaneers another fresh set of downs, and that led to a Rob Gronkowski touchdown. Um, the next drive right after that, there were multiple defensive pass interference calls on Bashad, Be- uh, Bashad Breland, and then on Tyron Matthew, which gave the Bucs first and goal from the one, and that led to an Antonio Brown touchdown. They The Buccaneers were just so much more prepared. They were well prepared for this game, and uh, like I said, surprisingly, this this Andy Reid-led Chiefs teams just were not as prepared. They weren't as sound. 3 of 13 on third down and 11 penalties for 120 yards. You just don't see that with the Chiefs, with this team. And it's just a reminder about how hard it is to win a Super Bowl in the NFL. I think a lot of people figured it would be so easy for Patrick Mahomes, who is debatably the most talented quarterback to have ever blessed the National Football League. They thought it was going to be so easy for him to just waltz into Raymond James Stadium on Sunday night and win his second straight Lombardi. But even the best have the hardest times hoisting that championship trophy. I mean, Dan Marino, when he came out his rookie year, I mean, he set the league on fire, much like Justin Herbert did this year. And he went to the Super Bowl his rookie season. He never went back. He lost that that first Super Bowl that first year, but many thought, oh, well, he's Dan Marino. Look at the season he just had. He never went back. He never. Dan Marino, one of the most decorated quarterbacks in NFL history, never won a Super Bowl. It's so difficult to win in this league, guys. Like, they're the the teams these days are just so good. Uh, they're they're able to bounce back and game plan for for all these types of players and make them make them human. The following season, I mean, look at Lamar Jackson's season last year in 2019. Uh, he played in fascinating and uh, similar to Dan Marino, set the league on fire, was a uh, the definition of a dual threat, had a better statistical season than Michael Vick did when he got drafted back in, uh, I think it was 04? That may have been the Eli Manning and Roethlisberger years. I think it was 03, actually. Um, but yeah, Lamar just came out and uh, decimated the entire league in the next year after, or this year, coming into this season, not nearly as effective. I mean, these teams are comprised of some of the smartest minds across the league, and they're able to game plan effectively. And that is what Bruce Arians and this Bucks coaching staff did, and they deserve all the beers that they drank on the um, on the Super Bowl Fifty Five parade that happened yesterday, Wednesday, the tenth of February. I'm not sure if you guys caught that, but. All of them. There was obviously beer. In case you guys were wondering, I think I think there was beer on those boats, guys. There was a, there was some sort of alcohol available to the players and the coaching staff. Tom Brady, for God's sakes, he had the Lombardi Trophy on his boat, and and he threw the Lombardi Trophy to uh, Cameron Bray on another boat. Um, you know, not not many players can do that, but when you have as many Lombardi trophies hanging up in your in your trophy room as uh, Tom Brady does, I suppose you can do that. Um, but yeah, they they uh they deserve all of that the coaches and the players do because they they played impeccably. Um, Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, as they're calling him nowadays. Um, he was running through wide open holes. Um, wasn't afraid to lower his shoulder and and truck Chiefs defenders when he needed to. 
he played well, 89 yards on the ground, um, and he went over 100 yards from scrimmage with his receiving totals as well, with a touchdown. Um, not sure if he'll be back with the Bucks. I, I think they could still, I could think they could bring him back on a pretty cheap price, uh, but and the, and they may want to do that because uh, the the tandem between him and Ronald Jones was very effective. I would expect Ronald Jones to be the the lead running back into next year. Bruce Arians did a good job at like playing the hot hand in the playoffs, which was Leonard Fournette. But Ronald Jones, to me at least, is the more obvious uh, running back to run with because he's just he's got so much more talent, he's got so much more burst that uh, I would reckon that they would roll with him. But if they want to bring Fournette back. Um, I think he would be open to it. I don't imagine that he would have many other deals uh, being offered because, I mean, I think we've seen the best of Leonard Fournette. But, you know, the Bucks like him. I mean, he played well in this postseason, might as well. Um, but, yeah, guys, it was it was not the Super Bowl I think all of us were expecting. I asked for 30-plus from each team, and we only got 30-plus from one team. And if I would have told you that the score was 31-9 to and – guess who the team was that put up 30 points I don't think I don't think many of us would have gotten that question right so it was um it was still you know I'm, a, I'm just a fan of football so I, I was appreciative to see you know good football from the Buccaneers good defense uh, Tom Brady playing well um but I would have I would have loved to have seen Mahomes make some Mahomes magic and actually you know make something happen but you know you can't win them all and for the millionth time tonight, got to credit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They really came to play, and it was obvious. I mean, they forced the Chiefs to kick field goals while they score touchdowns, which is usually what Kansas City opponents uh, do to do to the Chiefs. But nope, the roles were reversed. Give them the old switcheroo there. So, but yeah, guys, uh, that's that's really all I have uh, for you guys. It was, you know, it was a Super Bowl, and congrats to Tom Brady. Seventh Super Bowl on on 11 visits. That is, abs- I'm sorry, 10 visits. 10 visits to the Super Bowl. That is absolutely incredible. And I, I think I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, but I, I, don't, I haven't brought it up in a while. He is now far, far beyond the point of saying, in, in the conversation of who is the best football player of all time. There is no question, guys. It is Tom Brady. I don't want to hear it. I mean, uh, you guys can certainly voice your opinions. I will push back hard because there's there's just nothing else you can say about this guy. He just goes in and he just makes things happen. He wins. He wins games. He wins championships. And at the end of the day for these professional teams, that is all they are there to do. They are there not to uh, build the best stadiums, not to bring in the most fans, not to have your flashy superstars like Jalen Ramsey in, in in Los Angeles or Dak Prescott in Dallas. No, you guys are there. These teams are there to win games and win championships, and that's all Tom Brady does. Tom Brady has now surpassed the football argument, but he belongs in the greatest athletes of all time conversation. He belongs in the Michael Jordans, the LeBron Jameses, the Tiger Woodses, um, the, what's that guy from soccer Pele? Um, I think he won a lot of championships. I don't know. Serena Williams, all of those uh, of across sports. He belongs in that conversation because he just continuously gets it done on a yearly basis. And he's 43 guys. He's 43. Expect him to play for at least like another two years. And then, you know, we'll come back to this conversation then, but he is one of the greatest athletes of all time. And there, there should be documentaries and biographies made on him. 
uh, for the next 10 to 20 years because he deserves it for everything that he's been able to accomplish on a football field. All right, guys, uh, that's all I have for you guys uh, for the Super Bowl episode. Moving forward from a goal-to-go podcast uh, perspective, here, here's what I'm thinking, guys. I, I'm going to take a, cu- a couple of weeks off. It's been a long season for me. My girlfriend has been um, fantastic uh, in dealing with me and my bullshit and, and trying to get this uh, podcast off the ground. Um, I, I have to take a step back for you know maybe a couple of weeks and just spend some time with her, take a breather, and kind of gather myself in the direction that I want to take with this with this podcast and with my platform. But uh, if anything major happens, of course, I, I will make an exception there. I will come back. If, if Deshaun Watson gets traded, if anything else major happens, there's already some rumors that a Carson Wentz to Chicago deal is going down. Um, if something like th- of that magnitude happens, I'll, I'll pop on for you know a, a quick episode just to kind of uh, give you guys my thoughts on the matter. But if nothing significant happens, um, I think I'm going to take a couple of weeks off. Uh, to kind of plan what I'm going to be doing over the summer, but we have a lot of we all have a lot of stuff coming up, guys. Uh, beginning of February, uh, I, the combine is not happening this year. They're just going to be doing pro days. Uh, I'll document um, what the or I'll come in and I'll, I'll broadcast what the major developments from those pro days are. Um, I'm not a big college guy, but I'll try and do the best I can with the the athletes that are coming out of college this season, uh, from the pro days and any other combine developments. But as far as, uh, the draft is concerned with any coaching hires or, um, major coaching hire, I mean, all the coaches have been hired, so I won't be doing that. Um, but yeah, as far as the draft is concerned, any mini camps, training camps, I'm going to be covering all that stuff, guys, and any other major development, but I need to, I need to kind of gather myself and figure out, uh, the things that I need to prepare for. So, Expect me back in a couple of weeks unless something else happens. And we will go from there, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I know I say that on a weekly basis, but I truly mean it. Without the few of you that do listen, I'm effectively just talking out into the ether and talking to myself. So thank you, guys. Thank you. I, uh, I really do appreciate it. We will be back in a couple of weeks. Until then, guys, stay safe. Mask when necessary. And please show compassion to people around you. You never know what someone may be going through. I'm Ethan Classine, signing off. Until next time, guys.